Good morning and welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Marcia Talbot, Associate Broker at Better Homes and Gardens Rand with my co-host, Christine Koenig, Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, licensed in New York and New Jersey. Uh, anyway, good morning. Welcome. Happy, happy... Uh, Post-Thanksgiving. Cyber Monday. <laughs> I, oh, yes, I forget about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Giving Tuesday. I feel like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a five-day set of of things going on, right? Thanksgiving to Black Friday to um, Small Business Saturday, right, into Cyber Monday. So I'm going to tell them about us. Yes, you should. Okay. So we're on WTPQ 93.5 on, your, on FM and 1110 AM and streaming live around the world, WTBQ.com. This is a call-in show, so please do that at 651-1110. Give us a call. Tell us your questions or your thoughts. Lovely. Thank you. Yes. You want to start? Sure. Um, So did you have a nice family weekend? I did. I did. Did you see see the grandbabies? (laughs) Grandbaby. Baby. Baby is... uh, (laughs) When he wants attention and there's 20-odd people, he, sa- he gets up on a chair and goes, ladies and gentlemen. No, he does not. <laughs> he does too. <laughs> and when he gets ignored, <laughs> he goes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's super cute. Yeah, well, it's cute the first <laughs> 10 times. <laughs> but yes, we had a very nice Thanksgiving, and we're all bemoaning the fact of all the extra cakes, pastries, Turkey, soup, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yes. you? Um, same, same. We, uh, we hosted this year, so I was a cooking mad woman. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Thanksgiving 1 and Thanksgiving 2, um, just because of, uh, you know, we have blended families right. and who can be where when. So we just uh, extend Thanksgiving right through the weekend. Um, by, time, uh, by time yesterday was up, I was down at my mom's to see my sister, so it was like Thanksgiving 3. <laughs> but I didn't have to. I didn't have I to cook say, for more that turkey. One. <laughs> yes, so there was a turkey soup from the leftovers. <laughs> anyway, that being said, you know, the, after Thanksgiving, like we're at the official start of the holidays, which is really kind of we start thinking about winter. Um, and part of what we're going to talk about today is winter preparation of our homes. Right? We are. And what I was saying or thinking, we are. We don't have to think about winter. Because we saw a little bit of it last week. We did. We got a little early burst of snow, um, and that was quite—I mean, quite a quite a fair amount fell. Well, I thought we were lucky when I heard the weather report for the Midwest that we have blizzard conditions. Right. So I'm glad I live here. Anyway, I found these funny, funny things, which is five ways to take care of your home during winter, and we have more. But this is called quick and dirty tips. So, <laughs> it's like, and they're funny. They are very funny, not the ordinary. So, cover your outdoor furniture the cheap way. So, no space to bring them indoors. You'll have to do it out outdoors. And if anybody wants anything, they could um, email me, marcia.talbot at randrealty.com, and I'd be happy to send them this. Um, but instead of buying pricey furniture covers, you know, to protect everything, Try it with a large plastic bag. We, those are easily accessible. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I know that we um, traditionally would stack like our chairs upside down on the tables, and mm-hmm. then we would use like a drop cloth yep. right, and kind of cover yep. it with that. 
So well, the pla right, a drop cloth would, is not always plastic. Well, it might not we, be would, right, we would get the, yeah. the ones the ones that you would get at Home Depot that yeah. are that plastic. Right, uh, you know, not ones. The, correct, not the material <laughs> ones. But so that that's one, and I thought that was a good idea, especially if you're in a condo where you don't have a basement. Right. Or, and you do have a little patio. So I thought that was a good one. Okay, this one, would you like to read that one? Because I think sure. that is so funny. <laughs> Guard outdoor light bulbs. Um, so while you have that petroleum jelly out, make a thin layer um, to, that's going to thread all of your light bulbs. It will prevent them from rusting and make it much easier to replace when they blow out. So it's just on the light bulb threads that yes. you're putting it. Yes, but I thought that was something that no one would ever think of. No, I would think. I, <laughs> so you right. struggle in the spring. Right. Because you know? they got a little rusty. Okay. How to get rid of drafts. Um, a well-sealed home can be up to 20% uh, more energy efficient. And most leaks occur in the basement or the attic. So look wherever you feel a draft. So you go in there and you stand in the middle of the room and say, where is the draft coming from? And then you, um, especially around wires or uh, I think the feed tank, the feed pump, um, what do I want to say, for the oil tank, mm -hmm. the, what do you call that? Yeah. Inlet? Yeah, well, whatever, the pipe, okay. the feed pipe. There we go. Uh, around that would be a good place to do that. Um, so you seal up those leaks with simple corking gun, but for instructions on how to put larger, you know, lar uh, plug larger holes, check out these tutorials. Okay, I'm going to read this. Um, it's energystar.gov slash index CFM. All right. So that might be somewhere your ha older homes, we might not fit into the ordinary. All right. So our last uh, f fun, funny um, trick, which I, I'm not sure that I would go this far. I, I'm just saying it's it's a bit much. But let's just say you wanted to kind of clean out that fireplace and get it sparkling new. Right. right. And, and you have soot. Right. Soot, soot buildup on it. And, and they say mostly for masonry fireplaces. So it's try an old masonry trick to brighten up soot-stained brick. Mix a can of cola with three and a half ounces of household cleaner and three and a half quarts of water in a bucket. Smooth it onto the sooty brick and leave it for 15 minutes. Um, and this will loosen the soot um, and then scrub it with a stiff bristled brush and clean it with a like, sponge with some clean water. If it's not strong enough, add more cola. <laughs> Which just... <laughs> Should we mention that if you're using cola to um, clean brick, should you drink it? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, yes. They, I've seen where they've used it to clean engines and cars. I know. And it's, it's, uh, you know. It's the all-purpose uh, cleaner, whatever. Mm -hmm. Cleaner or all right, killer. Now onto a couple more practical things that we really should be looking at doing, um, you know, around our homes um, every, um, you know, as we get into the season now. So... Some of the things we want to talk about are um, focused on windows and doors. Um, we want to check weather stripping around the windows uh, to prevent leaks um, and le uh, heat loss. You know, and this helps um, keep your electric bills down or your heating bills down. Um, replace screen doors um, and windows with the storms. Um, and check out your wood frames to see if there's any sign of rot or decay. Um, check for drafts you can caulk inside and outside where necessary and inspect windows for cracks or broken glass or gaps um, and repair and replace as needed. I want to say that none of these are fun things. These are not particularly great projects. You're not going to see results. It's not like painting the room a different color. 
but they're important and they save you money. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have a couple other ones as well. Okay, lawn, garden, and deck, which I think we've talked about yeah. ad, uh, continuously because we start with the fall time. Right, but, but then we can go down to the so next So I think set. tools and machinery. Um, bring in all seasonal tools. Um, some people tend to leave them out in the garden. Or and, forget. And forget. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, and forget. And spray them with a coating of lightweight oil to prevent rust. Um, winterize your lawnmower by cleaning off mud, leaves, grass, and debris. And around here, I would add, um, you know, switch out your lawnmower for your snowblower if you have one of those. Good, good thought. Um, prepare this next, oh. the next sentence. Uh, prepare the snowblower for the first snowfall by changing the oil and replacing the spark plugs. And sharpen ice chopper and inspect snow shovels to make sure they're ready for another season of work. And I noticed last week when it was snowing, I was um, at the uh, hardware store and people were running out with snow shovels. So Yes, yes. So get, get them ahead of time. It's going to happen. Um, and make sure you have um, an ample supply of ice melt. Um, on hand for steps, walkways, paths, etc. The driveway. For sure. Yeah. So um, I think we've covered a fair amount of these, and I think I we think even so. have more. Yep. I, you know, and overall, I would say just kind of hitting some highlights. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you kind of go through your gutters, look at your roof, your drains, because as we get snow and snow melt builds up. You get icing. You want to make sure that that water, as it's coming off your roof, has a clean place to go so it's whisked away and doesn't get trapped um, up in those gutters. Um, same thing with your air conditioning units. Um, if you haven't, you know, covered them up, it's time to do that. Um, you can buy covers and any of the again, chain guard, the, you know. The blue tarp works great for that, too. Oh, that's true, yes. but you have to cut it. Uh, I, I, I just bungee around the bottom. Oh, okay. <laughs> blue, blue tarp and bungee goes a long way in our house. Um, anyway, we are at um, our first commercial break, and we're going to hear from our sponsors um, and come back. We are going to talk about um, investment properties and uh, preparing your rental application. This is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. Are you looking for your dream home? Then choose the best, where we pride ourselves on making your dreams a reality. Our professional agents really listen to your wants and needs and deliver using the latest technology combined with good old fashioned service. Visit randrealty.com for more information. George Ziola is a mortgage loan originator at Hudson United Mortgage, where you'll not have to sacrifice great service for great rates. At Hudson United, George will provide you with the one-on-one -on -one service you deserve while structuring the mortgage that's best for you. With a wide range of mortgage options at competitive rates, whether it's a conventional mortgage, an FHA, VA, or USDA loan or renovation loan, George will give you personal service every step of the way and turn your home ownership dreams into a reality. George is licensed in New York and Connecticut and works with over 25 lenders to find you the best deal, one that's customized to fit your budget. George takes 
takes the guesswork out of the mortgage process, and you will be informed on the progress of your loan every step of the way. George is always available to answer any questions you may have. So what are you waiting for? Contact George now at george.zeolla at hudsonunited.com. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.brandrealty.com. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love, host of Gospel Tracks Herb right here on WTBQ every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Musical guests, the best inspirational messages to get you through the week, and much, much more with Walt Baby Love. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, the doctor is in. Ron and Amy and the car doctor here Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. WTBQ radio worth listening to. Call me on the hotline, 855-560-9900. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, Better Homes and Gardens, here today with Marsha Talbot, Associate Broker, Better Homes and Gardens, Rand in Warwick. We have to say Warwick because we now have people who are from Better Homes and Gardens in Goshen. That's true. So, um, so I will say this time of year, I somehow I always end up with rentals at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm working with the landlords to, um, you know, find candidates for their, yeah, for their property. And one of the things that um, comes up is evaluating the rental application. Um, and time and time again, I am surprised at how unprepared potential tenants are for this process. Um, so I thought we would take a few minutes to just talk about what makes a good rental application and how to prepare if you're someone who's looking for a rental, how to have, how to have that winning application to get yourself the rental of your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) And then on the other side for the property owner, how to evaluate a good tenant. So let's take it from the tenant's perspective first, getting that application together. What's expected? What what does a tenant need to know in order to be ready to um, get into that rental? Um, So we'll take it from the beginning. You're you're looking around. You find um, a couple rentals you want to see. One thing to note is people think in in rentals more so than anything else that you have to contact the listing agent for a rental. It is interesting. That's that's correct. And and you do not. You You can work with one agent the same way would you would if you're buying a house to look at multiple rental properties. And that's to the the tenant's advantage because there may not be anything on that the market today, but there may be something in two days. And if they haven't really connected with an agent, they're the ones who's searching, but it, they might miss out. Right. I, I mean, I had a rental last week that we basically rented in four hours. Wow, that's great. It was you know great rental, but... It happened that quickly. Yep. Um, so one of the things that you want to um, know is that, yes, you can go with one agent. They can bring you to multiple places. Now you found something that you're interested in pursuing. Um, so the next step is putting together your rental application. Um, and this is something that um, all applications ask the same basic information. The form may look different, but what you're going to need is information about um, like your personal information, where you, where you live, your address, your contact information. Your bank information. Right. Um, how many 
um, how many people will be living um, in the property. And most people want to know listed on that application who's going to be there. Um, and so it can, you know, most adults who are moving into the property will be required to show a credit report um, or do a tenant report, which will also do a background check. Um, they'll want some sort of... They won't do that. They usually pay or, right, a third the agency party. For, to do that. Correct, but them. it's part of the process. Yes. Um, and then they're going to want testimonials of how you have been as a, as a past tenant, right? Um, yeah, the, the, the references are important mm -hmm. in this one, especially if you have only lived with your parents, you know, right. and your new-time tenant. Um, it's important to have other people, not your parents, um, to write something about you or at least allow them to the uh, agent or the landlord to call that person. Like, right. I know Johnny since he was three years old, and he's great, blah, 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 blah. Correct. Or, you know, John's worked for me for eight years, and he's very responsible. And someone who can speak to your character, because one of the biggest unknowns for a landlord is, you know, what do I know about someone who has no rental history whatsoever? How can I, how can I protect my investment? The other thing which I find to be a, a big problem is that many people have a lot of pets. Yes, Pets are... Um, and we all love them. We do. But most landlords do not really want to have pets. I also want to go into the fact that if you have a service dog that is not considered a pet and does not have to appear on the application, and you do not have to pay a pet deposit, but you do have... That is only a service dog or a miniature horse, right? That's the other service animal. Yes, if you just call it an animal, animal. but it's that's right. A service could be a party pe peacock, <laughs> right? Remember? No, 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 no. For an actual service one, not not a what's the emotional other? support? Not emotional support, okay. but service is just the dog. Oh, I see. Like or, a seeing, like a seeing eye dog. Correct. Or, like that's what we would think correct. of for that. Well, and I think, if I remember correctly, it was also a miniature horse, which somehow or another just thinks is ridiculous <laughs> in a one-room apartment. Yes. Anyway, um, there, that is specific for people who do have that and that uh, there are actual statements from right, either a doctor or there's documentation on that. Emotional support runs a di is different. Right. And I'm not 100% sure, though I should be, um, ab about what can be an emotional support. The peacock story on the airplane. <laughs> right. I, right. I know that was that, right. That was like, a, that was a crazy story, but that highlighted some of the challenges with, with understanding what, um, what is and is not acceptable. And, um, right. the answer Your is. Your boa constrictor is not really wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, anyway, that all being said, um, other things that you need to be aware of when you're renting um, is the next part of that is, you know, you go through your lease, you're reading um, all the different things to make sure that you are amenable to the set of um, terms that are that are um, set out and laid out um, in that lease. And make sure you read all the details because you are responsible to that lease. Um, and then lastly, you have um, what who's paying for what, right? You want to mm -hmm. go through utilities, right? What is the responsibility of the landlord? What is the responsibility of the tenant? Make sure you understand the full financial picture of that rental. It's not just the rent you have to pay. It may be um, that you need to take care of the heat and the electric, cable, internet, 
Um, sometimes there is homeowners insurance, like renters insurance. I think at this point, most places, most people require renters insurance. Yep. That's for the renters' protection. Because the homeowner has homeowner's insurance, which if the roof leaks or whatever, that protects them. But it doesn't protect you, you, you and your furniture. Yeah. It's very inexpensive. Right. It's like $150 a year yeah, or somewhere in there. It, it, right. It's not, it's not a huge um, financial obligation, but it is <clears throat> something that needs to be done. Another thing on the checklist. So, um, you know, in terms of making sure that, um, that you can afford the rental you're looking at is more than just the rent. There's right. always other 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 numbers in there um, to take into consideration. And then lastly, when you um, now that you've been accepted by a landlord, um, you know you need to sign leases and you need to come to the table with your first month's rent, your security, the fee for the landlord. Uh, most landlords require that the tenant pay the the real estate fee. Yes. Um, although it's common not, in our area, it's common in our area. Although not not always. I mean, I think that I would say like. 85 to 90 percent of the time you think 95 huh so as the tenant just be prepared um that is going to be part of that expense and then if you have a pet there'll be a pet security in new york um new jersey um it's different they really? they do not allow a pet security but they allow for up to a month and a half security on every rental. okay so you pick it up on that on yeah that they, they handle it differently the other thing I was going to say, if you're renting a house, you're off. You're often responsible for lawn maintenance, snow removal. Yes, for so, sure. It's you know, you know, it's a big obligation um, when you're coming in for, you know, again, understanding what maintenance you're required to do, what the landlord is going to do, um, and make sure there's a clear understanding. Um, I think one of the the best pieces of advice I can give for any landlord um, and tenant is make sure that that everyone's responsibilities are clearly outlined because sometimes this, these become sources of friction. And when it comes time to, you know, renew the lease, if that relationship hasn't been going well, your lease may not be renewed or you may, you know, vice versa. You may be like, you know what, I can't be here another year. I have to go. And as a tenant, um, it's expensive to move. And as a landlord, it's expensive to have someone move out. So um, the best way to ensure a successful um, venture there is to really make sure everyone understands their roles, their responsibilities, um, and um, everyone agrees to that stuff up front. I want to say that credit score is important. Yes, very. S sometimes uh, people have gone through unfortunate situations, often a separation or a divorce, um, medical expense. If that's the case, um, I'm not sure that we're supposed to encourage to, one to write a note but it's a good idea for the explanation. In right. other words, um, you just had enormous medical expense, which takes a long time to pay off. Then that that landlord might would you might be able to get the uh, apartment or the in or if you explain why that occurred. Right. No, I think it's uh, it, it is important. So, you know, there are circumstances um, that make that make a credit score that's, you know, a little depressed, um, easier to understand, right? And, but a lot of times credit scores will involve things that will show if, is it, is it medical bills or, you know, did you not pay your car payment, right? There's, there's something, and, you know, from the perspective of a landlord, if someone isn't paying their credit card bills and they're not paying their car payments. They're not going to pay their rent. Right, what, what, <laughs> right. What, why should they think that their rent is going to be a priority to someone moving in? Um, and again, their whole goal 
while, you know, while what they're doing is providing housing to someone, their, their goal is that it's a business and they have to make the best business um, decisions they can for themselves, right? Because they have to protect their investment as well. So I, I think that we have successfully had found tenants for people. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, people yeah. are, are decent. Yeah. Every once in a while becomes an issue. Yeah. And we try to avoid that. No, it's hard. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing worse as a as someone who's working with the tenant. You place someone six months ago and you're chit chatting with the you know, you come across real estate in this area isn't that big. So you come across an agent and you put a tenant in in one of their clients rentals and you hear some story about how they have to be evicted. Like and you personalize that you feel bad as an agent. Right. Because Mm -hmm. because you feel like it's a mark against your reputation with that person Um, and you have no way to know um, necessarily the, whether someone is going to pay their rent or, you know, sometimes someone loses a job. It's not even like they were maliciously planning to not pay their rent. Life happens, right? I would say if they had a good relationship with their landlord, they probably would say something. Yeah. Like I am in the process of getting a new job or looking for a new job. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's a give and take situation mm-hmm. with people and honesty works. Well, good. So um, honestly, honestly speaking, we are going to be back in a few minutes and we're going to talk about... Um, I like that. That was very good. Yeah, yes. we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about um, investment properties, what makes a good property uh, investment. Okay, great. Hi, this is Liz Ridgway, a licensed real estate salesperson specializing in the Orange County, New York and Bergen, Passaic and Sussex County, New Jersey areas. I'm an expert in helping my clients find their dream home and will further assist with the best attorney, mortgage and inspector referrals to make the process a stress-free journey. I'm located out of the Goshen, New York office and my Wyckoff, New Jersey office. Visit me at lizridgway.randrealty.com and get your boxes packed. O'Keefe and McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe and McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hi, this is Greenwood Lake Mayor Jesse Dwyer, host of the Greenwood Lake Radio Show. Tune in on Fridays at 11 a.m., call in, text in, and learn everything there is Greenwood Lake, right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. This is Sister Anna. Listen to The Garden of the Child, a story discussion time with students. Story develops listening skills and imagination. Saturdays at 11.10 a.m. on WTBQ. WTBQ weather. Cloudy skies today. We'll see some rain arriving and even a little wet snow might mix in at the start. And Some of the higher elevations are highs today. Could climb into the upper 30s early and then into the mid 40s this afternoon and gets breezy. Tonight, periods of rain. Heavy at times early. Then some fog overnight as the rain tapers off. We go down to mid 30s. 
Tomorrow, look for clouds in the morning. It could be a shower. Otherwise, partly sunny and breeze in the afternoon in the low 40s. Wednesday, mostly cloudy and in the mid-30s. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist Tony Salimo. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Marsha Talbot, Associate Broker of Better Homes and Gardens with my co-host, Christine Koenig. So uh, this next topic is something that um, I think is super interesting, right? So we're going to talk about um, whether or not an investment property is right for you, what makes a good investment, what the benefits of investing in a second home or income property are, um, and you know, my personal journey um, is, is one of, this is something that um, I feel important, is important for my life, right? Um, I grew up in a family that has um, investment properties. Right. I have um, seen the long-term benefits of what owning um, investment properties can be for a family. Sort of like um, any other investment you evaluate, though, there are pros and cons, there are risks, um, and- And it's work. And it's work, and it's work. Um, so we are going to kind of dig into that. We have a call coming in right now. Hi, this is Christine. Who am I speaking with? Uh, it's Mark, Christine. Good morning, Christine, and good morning, Marcia. Good Hi. morning, Mark. How are you? Okay. I just had, uh, you were talking about a uh, landlord and all that stuff before. I just wanted to just go back to that just for one second, if sure. I could. Um, can you tell me income qualifications? That's important as well. You didn't mention that, like they'll say, how many times the rent you need to qualify, number one. And yep. number two, as far as the credit history, um, can a, how much can a landlord request as far as security, uh, the amount of security, or how many times security? And also, do they have to place <clears throat> that security in a uh, escrow interest-bearing account? All right. So let's... Only if it's for apartments or more. Right. So in terms of your most recent question, the interest bearing account in New York, um, only if it's four apartments or more, like if, if it's a business that you're running, then you do that. Um, in New Jersey, for any rental, you need oh, to. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So um, that, is, that is really kind of specific to where you are. Um, in terms of ratios for income to rental, um, you know, I know that a two and a half to three is, is kind of what is a sweet spot for um, for a landlord to be looking at? Right. Well, I usually think about it is, well, you have to look at their income and how much. I know that with income, and actually when we speak with Mike, he might just want to go over that for just one second. I don't know that he's... Got, that he's that, that, because that's, there's no mortgage involved. He doesn't ah, really... True. But usually it's more... Um, the ratio is a little bit greater than ordinarily if you were purchasing a home. Right. Yes. So where it might be 28 and 34%, it could be 40%. Right. I, I, I think it's if your rent is 1000 they want to make sure you make at least 2500 to $3,000 yep. a month. That's like the, the rule of thumb, that, that 25 to 3% or three times your, um, your rent. rent. Of, of the rent, the yeah. income qualification, correct? Okay. Um, I think that you had one other question. Uh, also, the credit history, if, if uh, a landlord yes. feels that it's a rocky credit history other than the documentation, how much can he request in security? Or, or it, is there a set it, thing or a so set limit? Yeah, that's not, that's not really a thing. You can't make up for a credit report with extra security. Um, I know in New Jersey, um, you are legally only allowed to take a month and a half. You can't ask for more. 
Um, in New York, I have to tell you, I'm not exactly sure I don't think what their legal that. qualification I've seen, is. Actually, on that. have seen uh, people ask for two percent, a uh, two uh, two months, and one could be a month's in front right. security and last month's rent. Right. So I think what's interesting about that is there are times when I, I don't think that a landlord can require that. Um, but I think that sometimes I've had renters say, look, I know I don't have great credit. I'm willing to prepay X number of months. Yes, I have but, seen that. Um, which a landlord can agree to, I think, but they can't, they can't request They're not obligated. That. Well, and I, I don't believe they're allowed to ask for that. I think that that's right. um, outside the realm of of acceptable behavior. If you <laughs> refuse a tenant because you have poor credit, uh, you, de you need to notify the tenant why they were refused. Right. So, so. all right, Mark, right. thank you so much for okay, calling. I appreciate you. it. Thank have you. Have a good day now. Yeah, you too. You right. too. Um, so also, I understand that we have Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? Good morning, guys. How are you? Oh, good morning. Good. Thank you so much for calling in. You know, um, we're just getting ready to talk a little bit about investment properties. And, uh, you know, we spoke earlier this morning um, just to kind of get an idea for people, if they are thinking about investing in a second home or investment property, um, what do they need to know about getting a mortgage for that property? Um, really, it just comes down to down payment. There are differences when you're buying a second home versus an investment property. Um, typically, how they judge a second home is distance from your primary. So you can't say, hey, I'm buying a second home that's in the same city. Okay. Typically, it doesn't fly with an underwriter. So that would be then considered an investment property. But if you're buying a house, say, in Florida or another state or maybe upstate New York, that that works for a second home. So the real difference is just come to down payment. For an investment property, depending on where your credit is, you typically need about 25% down. For a second home, you only need 10%. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then for an investment property, if you do have, let's say, stellar credit, you can get away with as little as 15% down. That's probably the lowest that you can put down on an investment home. All right. And you would say stellar credit, like 720, 740? 720 or above. Yeah. yeah. Typically, yep. All right. But the standard for just getting into either a second home or investment is a 620 minimum for the conventional financing. Okay. Um, and there's only really other one other thing to consider whenever we talk to people about investment properties. Even if you had a person that was going to pay cash for a home that didn't need a mortgage, um, when you go to buy a house in the future, maybe qualify for a loan in the future, we're still going to count those taxes and that insurance on that property, whether you have a mortgage or not, because it's still an obligation. Right. So it would it would so, kind of in that terms of that, like debt to income ratio or? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then lastly, in terms of interest rates, right? Uh, do you pay higher interest rates on a second home or an investment property? Typically, yeah, because it's higher risk for the bank. People, you know, the banks assume that if you're going to let a house go, you know, when you're in financial distress, you're going to let your second home or investment property go before your primary. Sense. So there's some baked in risk for that. And mm -hmm. they typically do charge a little bit higher interest rate. Interesting. On, on the flip side of that, um, wh what is the income if you're purchasing and you have income property? What is that income? Isn't it like se they only account for 75% or am I making this up, Mike? No, that, that's correct. <laughs> so for one thing, to use the income, you need to be, do two things. You either have to have paid taxes on it, meaning you filed it on your taxes, or if it's a new rental, let's say you just purchased the house and you're, you haven't even gotten a chance to file your taxes they will accept a lease and execute a lease that's good for 12 months. But yeah, you're right. If the lease is $1,000, they're only going to take 75% of that to account for any vacancies and, and basically any upgrades or fixes that you need to do in the property when it has a tenant in it. That's interesting. So if you, just so I, I'm clear, if you are looking to buy a property, 
right? And you don't have one right now. You can't use um, future income to help qualify for that loan. Is that correct or incorrect? It's correct. But if you had a two unit, let's say, right. you could use the income from the other unit if you had a signed lease basically ready to go at closing. Because it was so a two could, family. You can use in future case. income. Yeah, if it was a two family, correct. Okay. That- but what, yeah. Basically, you can buy an investment and have a tenant already in place. You can then use that income. Oh, you can. Okay. But only 75%. Correct. Right. No, correct. I understand yep. that. Yeah. That's great. I didn't realize that. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Do you have any, any other mortgage news you want to share with us today? No, I mean, rates have been pretty flat. We had a good, I think, I mean, I haven't looked at pricing yet today because the market just opened. But regardless, there was a big pullback towards the later part of the week um, yesterday. So rates were falling as of last week. And when the market opens, I expect to have a, an improvement over the past couple of weeks. So we've been having those steady upticks. Ah, so right. this would be the time for your clients to lock in, huh? Correct. Today's the week. If we open up good, then we'll take a look. All right. Because that's because the, the market went down. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So the stock market was kind of in the toilet towards the end of the week and it caused the 24,000 is the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like 6,000. <laughs> it's still doing good. I mean, today there's a reversal, so we'll see. All right. Mike, well, thank right. you so much for calling. You're welcome. In. I'll talk to Appreciate you guys. Appreciate it. Right. Talk to you later. Right. Bye bye. All right. So, um, in terms of uh, where we were at before Mike called in, thank you so much. Um, we were talking about um, like why, why, why an investment property, right? It's an investment like uh, a stock market or um, you know mutual fund, something that is inherently has pros and cons. There's risk involved, um, and you have to be comfortable with the risk for each investment and understand what they what those risks might be. Right, but for somebody, they might feel that they have more control. Correct. You correct. Know, you do not control the stock market. You do not control other things. But this is a hands-on situation for most people when it's a small investment. We're not talking right. about a large investor who is buying multiple properties, multiple properties yeah. or, or right apartment buildings. So I've been uh, I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts on investing, which had been very interesting, um, and some of the things that. I think that people don't necessarily think about, right? So you think about, oh, I'm going to rent this for 2000 I owe, you know, $1,000 a month. I'll get to put $1,000 in my pocket every month. Um, and while those numbers would be great, I mean, it's usually smaller than that. But um, the real benefit to um, holding on to an investment property and renting it out long term has to do with leverage, right? You're leveraging your money. You are putting 25% down, let's just say it's a $100,000 house, you put 25% down, right? So $25,000 goes in. Um, $75,000 mortgage. Cor- correct, you have a $75,000 mortgage. Um, and over the next 20 or 30 years, however you structure your loan, um, you're going to have tenants that pay that off. And at the end of that time, you have put 25% down, you have had someone else pay off the rest of your mortgage. Um, and uh, when you evaluate that um, that investment, and you find a way to put, you know, make, making sure there's what they call a cap rate that allows you to put money in your pocket every month. You are seeing incremental income throughout the entire course of the of of the um, investment. Plus, now someone else has quite literally paid your mortgage for you, and now you have seventy five thousand dollars in realized gains at the end. If you can, if you're selling it at the number you bought it for, right? In general, right. We have real estate cycles, but you're hoping that not only are you going to be able to 
you know, sell it for what you bought it for, but also the time value of money in real estate, you'll be able to sell that $100,000 property that you bought it for, for 120000 And so now you've, again, over the long term of made this $95,000. $95,000. That, that's the long term um, advantages to, to, to why you would want to do the investment property, not just the short term, month by month, couple hundred bucks that you may make. Um, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yes, please. Because there's risk involved in everything. <laughs> there's the risk factor. Um, the owning a property, you do. Have, we just went through all those things that you need to do when yeah. you own a property in For the winter sure. time. So you have to do that also. You know, mm-hmm. you have to maintain your property. Otherwise, you're not going to make that income. Right. You when, know? When and we, that means a new hot water heater or a new furnace or. So you have to think of that also, that that maintenance and upkeep is a great deal, a part of it. And that also helps you ensure getting good tenants. For sure, it does. And when we come uh, back from our commercial break, we are going to talk about all the different things to evaluate in that uh, that investment. We are just flying along here. (laughs) Be right back. Hi, this is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Hi, this is Suzanne Dermany, an associate broker at Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty in the Goshen office. Whether you are a first-time buyer or relocating or a seller, rest assured your journey will be a memorable learning experience. For more information, please visit my website at suzanne.dermany.randrealty.com. S-U-S-A-N-N-E dot D as in David, E-R-M-I-G-N-Y dot randrealty.com. Hi, this is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential land and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.brandrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. Hi, this is Professor Richard Hull, host of the Warwick Historical Society's weekly show, History Alive. Tune in every Monday at 11.05 to learn how history is your past, present, and future. WTBQ Radio, worth listening to. This is Attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty and Kruhulik, the lawyer guy here on WTBQ Radio. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions right here on WTBQ. W-T-B-Q. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, here today with Marsha Talbot. So uh, Marsha and I have been talking about um, this last segment, um, investing and why people choose to invest in real estate as one of uh, maybe one of the areas in their portfolio, um, looking at long-term diversification, things like that. That's uh, very impressive. 
right? No, <laughs> you sounded so impressive. Ah, excellent, excellent. Uh, so that being said, we were talking a little bit about making sure you understand all the all the things that go into making something, evaluating something as a as a good investment, um, and some of the things to think about. So. First thing um, we're going to just talk about real quick is evaluating the rental property based on the numbers, right? Like what sorts of numbers do you need to consider? Um, if you go online, there are spreadsheets and worksheets that, um, you know, you can plug in numbers for and will help you evaluate um, what that investment looks like. Um, and it'll do like year one, year two, year three. It'll help you to see the long-term impact of what your investment is. Um, that being said, um, things you want to look at right at the beginning while you're kind of determining whether or not any particular house is going to work for you, right? Um, you want to look at your down payment, which we were just talking to Mike about. Um, assuming it's going to be an investment property, you'll be looking at 25% down. You also want to- Possibility of left a little less if your credit is- Correct. If you have stellar, stellar credit, as Mike said, stellar <laughs> credit. Um, next um, is an interest rate. Um, you know that interest rates are a little bit higher on that second property or investment property. So- um, that's something that you need to factor in for. You can't just go online, look at going interest rates and assume that's the rate you're going to get. Um, you want to evaluate how much money do you need to put into that property to get it rent ready, right? When a lot of times people are looking for a good deal, um, they think that they'll look for um, maybe a distressed property or um, a property that hasn't been updated in a while because it'll be less money out of pocket to get the home, Right. Um, maybe yes and maybe no. Correct. That's not always the best way to go. And that's why um, kind of running those numbers is important. Um, as I had mentioned before, I've listened to a lot of uh, kind of like investor shows on how like things to look for. One of the things they say is, um, you know, for a turnkey property, um, you want to look for something that doesn't necessarily require that unless you're really handy. If, if you have to pay someone to make those repairs, right, if you're not going to be the contractor going in and and doing that yourself, you may um, you may be better off buying a, a turnkey property that doesn't need that kind of um, initial investment in terms of repairs. Um, and you know, and part of that is making sure that you're doing a great inspection on that home when you're when you're evaluating it. You want to look um, at the roof. You want to look structurally sound. You want to see the appliances. You want to look at the septic um, if it's a, in a in an area that has septic. You want to make sure the furnace. Um, is functioning well? How old is the air conditioning? You know, all of those things that once again. As if you were buying correct. your first home. Correct. Uh, or your primary residence. The other thing I was thinking yeah. um, so, um, is that some people buy investment property like condos. Correct. You know, it, which does eliminate some of the issues that we are talking and about. And especially the maintenance, exterior maintenance on the house. For sure. I agree with you completely. Um, want me to be able to read that? No, oh, I'm sorry. I can, I can I can get in there with you if you need to. Um, so closing costs. Correct. Closing costs are are big cost um, when we buy our first home, and they are equally as big when we buy investment properties. I'm looking at this, and these numbers do, do not work. For, yes. No. We, <laughs> Did you get that in Mississippi? <laughs> it might, maybe three thousand um, dollars for closing. I think not. <laughs> so, so other things to consider um, is going to be things like what can you actually rent the unit for, right? In terms of your, um, in terms of your business plan, right? Because really, what you're putting together is a business plan. Um, I, I think uh, awareness of the marketplace before you even ha jump into this. Mm -hmm. You know, speak with your realtor. 
uh, get an idea. Look in the newspaper, see what things are going for. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, look on online. Yep. Um, and then there's something like Mike was talking about, a vacancy rate. Um, you have to assume at the end of anyone's lease, there is going to be some downtime, right? Someone has to move out. Maybe things need to be re repainted or repaired. Um, and I think the I think the standard vacancy rate that that people use when they run numbers is like an I guess it's a twenty percent vacancy or eighty percent full. So I mean, assume one to one and a half months per year. Um, you may not have that. that you may income. not have that income coming and in. And you're you're spending money. Yeah. So that's where your out of pocket expense gets greater. Correct, because you have to remember that whether someone's in there or not, you're still going to owe your mortgage and you're going to owe your property taxes. Um, some people choose to use a property manager, um, especially if maybe they're buying a property that's not um, right in their local vicinity. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about what like your hot rental markets are, and sometimes they're in the Midwest, and you want to capitalize on what's going on. In actually, a, I knew in a somebody who was area. doing that. Yeah, my my cousin actually bought a house out in Oklahoma many years ago, and um, so he had a property manager because he couldn't be there on site. Right. You know, um, nor do you know very much about Oklahoma as a rule. But he did. He so, did. He, he did. He was right, familiar his, with it. His uh, his wife was from Oklahoma. Okay. And so he went out on a yearly basis to visit uh, his family or her family. They wrote and it off. So <laughs> they did write it off every time because it was a business trip. They would check on their investment. Um, and so, you know, those are kind of the the basic things. I mean, other than like lawn maintenance and and you know your other you know sewer and water and stuff like that. Right. Although a lot of those things you do transfer over to the um, to the tenant. Yes, depending upon the town and if they allow it. Sometimes right. they won't allow the water to be transferred because that's a lien against the property. So it all depends upon what local ordinances allow. Yep. But I, I also think that you really have to think it through. Is it a neighborhood that you want to be in? Is it out of the village? Is Do you want municipal services? There's a lot that comes into it along with the financial aspect. For sure. It's, you know, you know it's it, it's a big, it, it's something not to be considered lightly, right? You, this is a huge investment, not only in your money, right? In your time, in your energy. You know, if this is a physical property. Things can happen and you have to be able to weather the storm, so to speak, right? What about the time? like we had a few years ago where we didn't have electricity for a week. Yeah. Um, you have a tenant in that property. Do, do they have a generator? Right. Probably not. So there's a lot of things. And what are you responsible for in, under those circumstances? I don't know that, right. actually. Yeah. I don't know, you know, if somebody loses all their food because they didn't have electricity. Is that the owner's fault? I would think not. But, you know, it becomes, it becomes a bigger issue. Right. Well, you know. the, right. The bigger issue is, you know, securing heat or, right. you know, other utilities that may go out, you know, and, and you're, you're right. Understanding what your legal obligation there is a whole nother, whole other dimension. I never to even that. thought of that before, yeah. you know, just as we're talking. So uh, one one other final thing, like my my takeaway for the day is, uh, you know, when Marsha and I or any of our other hosts have a topic, we do some research. Right? And without a doubt, there's always some nugget I take away that is a, oh, I didn't know that nugget. So my, my nugget of the day was um, this one piece of advice called follow the 1% rule. Such a great one. Which is so interesting. And this just says, you know, in terms of basic evaluation um, of the price of the property versus how much you're going to rent, is it, um, is it a potential good investment? Um, and what they say is you want to follow the 1% rule, which states 
that you should be able to rent out the property for one at least 1% of the purchase price. So if you buy a house for 200000 you want to make sure that you're going to get at least $2,000 a month. Now, in New York, um, this was like a national, um, uh, a national uh, article I had read mm-hmm. where I picked this up. Um, in New York, you know, our taxes are higher than most other places. Yes. So I would think that 1%, you may even want it to be a 1.5% one one just, just to, to cover. cover for the... Mm-hmm the tax liability that we have here in New York versus, um, you know, some of the other states or most of the other states in the country. So So today we talked about this type of income property, but there's also people make investments where they purchase a house, fix it up. Right. And we could talk about that on a different day because that's a topic on totally onto itself. Right. Oh, flipping, flipping. Yes, for sure. It's, um, you know, we, and I think as real estate agents, I get more interest from people looking to flip a house than looking to have a long-term investment property. Yes. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with where we live. I think that if we were not in New York, we would probably have more long-term investors. Right. I think that, first of all, our rentals, are we have so few rentals. So yeah. if anybody's thinking about it, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we could find you great tenants. <laughs> But uh, that is true. That's another form of investing, and it has a whole different perspective. No, and for an even third option on that, did you know that you can invest through your mutual fund in like things they call REITs, um, which is pretty much a investment tool where there's a company that goes out, they buy a ton of properties, um, and you okay, are I know investing about yeah. in small pieces of homes all over the place. So they kind of balance out that whole, um, you know, that whole risk by having homes in multiple markets and things like that. But, you know, you have to, you have to know a lot about who's, who's running that, what kind of properties are they buying? Like there's so much more that goes into that. (laughs) Correct. I mean, it's, it's, um, there's, there's a lot there, but there are so many different avenues to investigate when you want to start talking about investing in real estate. I see that there's a, something that we should talk about. Okay. Backpack Snack Attack Community Benefit Concert, Sunday, December 2nd at 6 p.m. at the Warwick Reformed Church. Um, 5, if, 5 p.m. Oh, 5 p.m. Yes. You had the glasses on. I had, yes, I do. I have my glasses on. <laughs> but that's something that we all support. Yep. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it supplies uh, little packages of things for kids to take home over the weekend and that this really helps kids in our community. So think about that. All right. Well, Marsha, we've done it again. We're, thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Marsha Talbot and Christine Koenig. And uh, you've been listening to The Real Real Estate Show. We'd like to thank our sponsors. And we wish everybody drives safely, especially in bad weather. See you next week. Your community radio station since 1969.